A man that uh, would have known the answer to that question because he knows his history thoroughly is the one and only Brian Kilmeade. Brian uh, can be heard each morning from 10 a.m. to noon on WABC. He's one of the most listened to nationally syndicated radio show hosts in the country. He's also the co-host of Fox and Friends, and he's killing it on the weekend as the uh, host of One Nation. Brian, it's great to talk with you again. Uh, Frank, what's going on? Remember, it was going to be Governor Cuomo was going to be that the last governor to become president. Remember, it looked like he was going to be president for a while. Yeah, don't think for a second that he's put that out of his head. He's he's m- right. m- mounting this comeback uh, to run again for U.S. Senate against Gillibrand, and he's forming this group of uh, Jewish progressives or Jewish Democrats. <laughs> All the Jewish Democrats had to say, wait a minute, there's already 20 groups doing exactly what you're claiming to do. And um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, Brian, a phenomenal uh, piece that you did with uh, Ron DeSantis, where you guys went to the baseball field, you threw the ball around. Now, uh, Ron DeSantis, even his detractors in Congress, they say he was a heavy hitter on the congressional baseball team. They said he was terrific. Uh, did he show uh, showcase any of those baseball talents in the time that you well, spent I mean, with him? John Stuper was his college coach, and I have his number, and he was on a feature Fox Nation did called Who is Ron DeSantis, which I hosted and he basically, they become good friends afterwards. So the whole story around DeSantis as a baseball player, you can't touch it. I don't, I don't care if you're the most liberal Democrat, which is crazy. Is Morning Joe, evidently, I'm busy at the time, spent all this time mocking Ron DeSantis as a baseball player. So it makes no sense because he had 313 over 500 at-bats, four-year starter in left field for Yale, captain wow. his final season, Little League World Series at 12, where he got five hits while his team lost in single elimination play. So we just said, let's do something different. Everyone's interviewing him, same five questions about his book. So I said, if I go down to Tampa, he goes, yeah, if you go down to Tampa, meet me at the field where I played Little League with, Dun- uh, Dunedin where the Toronto Blue Jays famously have their uh, spring training, where he used to play in that stadium as a high school player. But he goes, I want to go to my Little League field. I go, absolutely, let's do it. So we go down there, and besides sitting in the outfield and doing a sit-down interview, I said, let's throw the ball around. Evidently, Morning Joe didn't think he can throw. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. You might not think that he's a major league talent, but that you could debate that if you think that makes your show better. But you can't touch the guy's a baseball player. He's an elite baseball player. Uh, mock him on his, you know, what do you, what do you want about his fiscal policy, taking out Disney? But you can't mock him as a baseball player. Speaking of Ron DeSantis, who is looking increasingly like he's a presidential candidate in all but name, he made uh, quite a bit of news with your colleague uh, Tucker Carlson this week by responding to this questionnaire that Tucker sent all the uh, prospective presidential candidates. And he said essentially that the Ukraine-Russia situation is a territorial dispute and that uh, this is not a vital U.S. interest. I know you are... Totally on the other side of that question. What did you make of Ron DeSantis's answer to that question, Brian? Number one, I blew it. I, I should have brought that up. I, I, you know, I was focused more on China when foreign policy. Haven't wasn't really thinking Ukraine. Uh, Tucker put that question out to all the candidates. Everybody answered. So when he says it's a territorial dispute, it's it's not. Uh, I mean, and then when Tucker last night brought up Ronald Reagan would never have been involved in this. That's just not true. When the Russians invaded Afghanistan, 
he went ahead and armed all the rebels. And next thing you know, they left in a, in a few years, totally humiliated. You might not think that later became Al-Qaeda and people thought, well, we shouldn't have done that. Well, would you rather have Afghanistan controlled by the Russians, the Soviets at the time? That helped bring down the, the Iron Curtain. So to me, there is no way that Ronald Reagan would have allowed the uh, Soviet Union under Gorbachev, Chernikov, Andropov, whoever, Brezhnev, whoever was running. They went through three leaders until they got to Gorbachev. There's no way he would have let him take Ukraine for absolutely no reason. There's nothing. And then you had uh, General Mc- or Colonel McGregor come on last night and say, oh, yeah, uh, this is a joke. We should not be involved. This is, you know, the U- Ukraine never should ask to be in NATO. Really? So we have to tell other nations not to request to come in NATO or else they're going to be invaded? I-, I don't understand that. So to me, we're doing the right thing there. We have the wrong leader. The problem with this whole operation is that Joe Biden has not executed anything. Now you look at the economy. It is in free fall in about five or six major banks. They have no idea what they're doing except to raise rates or not raise rates. That seems to be the action or use our money to back up failed banks with idiot boards who care more about equity than they do about profit, uh, 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 profit and solvency. So in the big picture, to me, it is a good investment to take on Russia because when do we stop them? At Georgia, right. so, or Moldova, now Estonia, it, it, Lithuania? It, they're taking them all. Well, it's interesting that uh, that DeSantis, though, said that because his record in Congress, uh, his policies were much more similar to the kind of thing that you're saying than the kind of thing that Donald Trump has been saying. And it led Nikki Haley and others to say, look, he's just aping Trump. He's just mimicking Trump's position on this because he knows that there's a string of the Republican Party that supports uh, this this kind of this kind of disengagement from the Russia-Ukraine war. Do you think the statement that he gave to Tucker was sincere or do you think he's just playing politics because he thinks this is what he needs to do to win a Republican primary? I can't project, and again, my fault for not bringing it up. I spent a half hour with him, so everybody listening right now, I was not smart in not bringing that up, so I'm not going to project it. I would say history tells us it's a lot different talking about it than doing it. I mean, look at Vietnam, for example. I mean, go back to World War One. Woodrow Wilson, I'm staying out of that war. Next thing you know, we're in the middle of the war. Teddy Roosevelt would have been in. We all know that. So we know that the controversial election when he got in and his protege ended up turning on him and he turned on his protege. They let, they canceled each other's uh, votes out. We got uh, Woodrow Wilson said, I'm staying out of that war. But then he couldn't couldn't stay out of it. The world uh, was falling apart. We had to step in. Lusitania was shot, uh, was blown up. And we uh, said game on. So we know about that in World War One, World War Two. We wanted to know part of it. Uh, FDR knew we should get into it. Uh, But he didn't have the sentiment of the American people until Pearl Harbor. And then Nixon ran for office. I'm going to get you out of Vietnam. But when he got in there, he said, let's just go win this. He couldn't. Then he de-escalated. He ends up uh, persevering. But it was Watergate that took him out. But LBJ wasn't going to uh, expand on Vietnam. He couldn't believe JFK had advisors in there. Next thing you know, he's got 500,000 troops in Vietnam. So So uh, it's a lot different talking about it than being in it. My sense is... That if uh, DeSantis was in charge, everybody would be more efficient. The Russians would be more uh, would be more cautious. They wouldn't be shooting thirty two million dollar predator drones out of the sky. I think a lot of things change. But you have to know the Ukrainians are doing one thing. They are fighting for their sovereignty. They are loyal to us. They just want the arms. What we have to do 
is make sure they're spending it right, make sure the money's getting to the right place, the weaponry's going there, and, Frank, that we're signing 10-year contracts with these the Raytheons of the world to replenish our stocks. Yeah, well, Because that's the whole thing. We're letting this guy take our oil reserves down to zero, and we're letting them empty our coffers while not doing any type of movement to recruit people into our military. Speaking so of, don't sign me up for the other stuff. So speaking but of I do Raytheon, think our dedication to Ukraine is worth it. Speaking of Raytheon stock, they've seen a dramatic uptick in their stock price since this war in Ukraine began. That's for sure. They're doing very well with this Ukraine situation. Uh, let me ask you about this, though, uh, Brian. President Trump was in Iowa, and uh, among his targets was not just President Biden, but uh, Governor DeSantis, who he broke out a new nickname for. Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan, who is... A rhino loser who currently is destroying Fox and would constantly vote against entitlements. He would just vote against, remember that, the wheelchair over the cliffs, the Democrats used it. The wheelchair over the cliff commercial, very effective. That was about him. But Ryan, Paul Ryan's a big reason that Mitt Romney, I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney, lost his election. And to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So... I don't think you're going to be doing so well here, but we're going to find out. But those are the facts. He then dusted off the new nickname, Ron DeSanctus, a lot shorter than his previous nickname for him, Ron DeSanctimonious. Now, in 2016, he had a nickname for everybody, Lion Ted, Low Energy Jeb, uh, so on and so on. Uh, Do you think this strategy against DeSantis is going to be as effective as it was against his opponents in 2016? Um... The, well, it depends. It's going to be two months of nicknames. I don't even know what that Sanctus means, so I have to look that up. Do you, do you want to tell no, me? No, I don't I mean, either. Because I, 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 I'm going to scramble to look it up if you want me to, but I don't know what it means. And here's the thing. There's a couple of things. And Lee Zeldin was on with us yesterday, and just to find it, I forgot if it was on or off mic. He said when he got into – when he's into office, Paul Ryan was known as so conservative – Everybody said, do not campaign with this conservative Paul Ryan. He's on the Simpson-Bowles Commission. He was for cutting everything, including entitlements. And they used to say, he says, as much as you like Paul Ryan, do not campaign with him. He's too conservative. So when he becomes speaker, I guess it's toxic for everybody. You know, it's toxic for Pelosi for good reason, but not on the left. And then, you you know, Boehner left you angry and humiliated. Speaker Gingrich had to leave office. Livingston got in for a blink of an eye, then Boehner ended up taking over. So it's not a, it's not easy. Yeah, ironically, to be the in. only one that made it out unscathed at the time was Denny Hastert, and uh, the, the history wasn't too kind to him. Yeah, because of his actions. Yeah, I know. So, so do I? What do I think? I what I think Paul Ryan's a good guy. I think him and Trump disagreed, and I do think that saying that he's conservative and fiscal fiscally uh, fiscal hawk is a hundred percent right. What Paul Ryan wasn't able to do is produce the reform of Obamacare, and he was able to deliver, along with the president, tax cuts and tax reform. But they're in a personal battle right now. So, you know, labeling him the next incarnation of Paul Ryan, if you look at Paul Ryan's record, it's no problem. If you look at how he's labeled, it's an issue. So DeSantis is going to have to speak specifically sooner. It's going to hurt him, Frank. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, for, this is on the minds of all area football fans and maybe all football fans around the country. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee podcast this week saying of his possible future in in green next year. Because I still have that fire and I, I, and I want to play and I would like to play in New York. Uh, it's just a matter of 
um, you know, getting that done at this point. Uh, he says he fully intends to play for the Jets next year, Brian. How much of a game changer do you think this would be for the Jets if they get Aaron Rodgers? If he stays healthy a whole year, they become Super Bowl contenders, especially if they add some more weapons. They just add a wide receiver. They want uh, Evidently, he denies it, but I'm sure it's somewhat true. They want to add Reggie Cobb, uh, a bid for Odell Beckham. He goes, you give me weapons, you got the defense, I'll compete. So he's got to stay healthy, obviously. Uh, he's, I, would, I would love to see him bring uh, the backup quarterback, who was once the history, future of the franchise forward, but I think he immediately makes the Jets contenders. They give the defense a swagger. They get the national spotlight even in training camp. Nobody thinks that he's lost a step. If you watch him play, I mean, nobody just – I've been educated. If this was pre-Tom Brady playing at 43, I would say, Frank, how could you possibly be <laughs> effective at 39 years old? But we've we've watched it with this new league, the way they protect the quarterbacks – with a guy that keeps himself fit, doesn't do anything uh, that crazy with his body. Um, he's he's always been a, uh, an athletic guy, got plenty of swagger, a lot of leadership. His teammates love him, even if the press doesn't. So I, I think that this makes him immediate Super Bowl contenders. Uh, Brian, give us a preview of what we can expect on radio and television. Sid Rosenberg has been talking about how his next appearance on television is going to be on One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Can we look forward to him this week, or do you have somebody somebody else? Well, you mean so you almost said better. Almost <laughs> I almost said, did. did. did I, do I have somebody I better? Know. Did you mean that? <laughs> I almost did. I was going to say somebody more substantive, but I didn't want to get in trouble with Sid. No, but you are in trouble because yeah, he's naturally, listening. Naturally. So, yeah, he's coming on next week. Uh, this week we're going to have Kennedy on. Uh, we're going to have Jimmy uh, F- uh, Failure on. He's gonna, they're going to be doing stuff on together in stage. I'm going to have uh, Sam Acho, who former nine-year player, uh, now turned broadcaster with ESPN. He just talks about, uh, he talks about winning, how to set your goals, get into the inner city. Also, what he's been through in his life, born in Nigeria, where they had to go to the stream and wash clothes. Uh, now he's got a bunch of mansions, a bunch of cars, and a motivational speaker. So his life, I think, is uh, is quite great. I think what a lead looks like with Nikki Haley. He's going to take. She's going to take on uh, Ron DeSantis, just like you mentioned, Frank. Almost predicting how our show would go. And so we'll have those things. Uh, Johnny Joey Jones. Well, one of the great anchors here. So I'm still formulating. It's, uh, you know, Thursday. We'll probably decide in the afternoon. For our show today on radio, um, it is uh, going to be great. I've got the AG who's probably going to run for the Senate, uh, Patrick Morsey of, of West Virginia. You know, he's suing on that uh, ESG mm-hmm. and all everything else. Uh, Mark Thiessen wants to push back on this big push to get out of Ukraine by the Republicans. Senator Lindsey Graham, you know where he stands. Uh, Senator Joni Ernst, why is everybody going to Iowa? Let me see, including, by the way, the great Chris Christie. And Steve Garvey, I've not met him, but I've been dying to. He's going to be in studio. So I'm going to be talking about this new pitch clock and everything in baseball. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about these Yankees, the spending of the Dodgers. So, and of course, he had finished up with San Diego, and he's got just like me. We got we both have tremendous forearms. Outstanding, uh, Brian Kilmeade. Catch him on Fox and Friends. Catch him on his own nationally syndicated radio show. Uh, check out his website. Uh, you can uh, order some of the best-selling books that everybody's talking about. Thank you, Brian. We'll talk soon. Go get it, Frank. Thank you. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Fifteen seconds of fame. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight. midnight. 